Welcome back, and today we're going to continue our uh, bonus material on the series Free Your Mind. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know that there's a core teaching that's within the given season, um, and it's related to some Bible teaching. And then I have bonus material, which is to sort of expand and deepen it from those core concepts. So the centerpiece of everything is the notion of not conforming to the ways of the world, not copying the habits of the world. And the means of doing that is to renew your mind. And then using that as the core, uh, build around it scriptures that really reinforce that same idea of nonconformance, not loving the ways of the world, not being held um, prison by your past or by thoughts or social programming, and how the gospel really illustrates this as a very core an essential part of this life. And I hinted at many times that, unfortunately, often the Christian um, lifestyle is as much about conforming to some aspect of the world as a secular person would. And, and that's very damaging and very dangerous. And to be on the lookout for that. Now, I'm not saying to go off and be what I've heard called a, a serial Christian, meaning cereal like the cereal they eat, C-E-R-E-A-L, cereal Christian. Um, and I've heard that that's called, you know, they're filled with fruits and nuts. And so some of the people who want to not conform, they just go extreme for its own sake. And I don't think that that's the essence of this. It's definitely supposed to be bound by scripture and guided by the spirit. And so those two things all come together. And then the overall thing is what's fueling that powering it is yes it's the full um it's the full counsel of god but the gospel really is the only thing that um really ultimately matters is sort of the purpose of christ in us so today i wanted to talk a little bit about the dynamics of what what what's involved and to sort of say that there are two parts to it and they're both scriptural one this renewal, this transformation, there's some binary aspects to it. It's sudden, right? When we go through John and we see that we are born again into a new nature, and Paul talks about uh, the death of the old man, which is our old way, our old nature, it seems very binary. And it really is a work of God and the Spirit for us to, to move into that moment of faith, which starts with holy repentance. So that itself is a big sort of one moment transition. And many people don't have that because of false teaching. They, they forget the fact that the conversion point is to recognize the depths of one's sin. And that's why you need God. Not that you need God because you need him to save the health of your daughter. That might be you know serious or to help you out of a financial ruin. Th- those things certainly could be parts of that journey but I've seen Christians kind of make the realization of their own personal man-made dreams to be the reason why they've come to believe in God. And that is not a dependence. The dependence is always going to be on that old nature of sin. Now, the challenge, which Paul talks about as well, is, well, I've made this change. I'm a new person, but I'm still struggling And it seems very strange, right? This odds at the flesh and the spirit. Oh, wait, I thought I'm born again. I thought I'm made anew. I thought the old creature has died. 
And I, I think that is a difficult struggle, and I'm not going to parse it theologically. I am going to say both need to happen. There does need to be some switch. That's your initial freeing of your mind. It's a worldview perspective that can only come through faith. It only comes through this sort of, I don't know how to say it, sudden, it's a sudden transformation. But it doesn't often mean that your entire life is going to change instantly, nor will it mean that it'll be sustained. Transformation often is a, is a point of view in our mind. But as I've talked about, that programming is constantly under assault. And we must always be making arguments against that proper knowledge of God, as Paul writes. And so then, what is that other aspect? Right? Even the content here that I'm providing and in the courses, it's, it's, it's knowledge that you can use to right set your mind but it's not sustainable. And the mechanism that leads to sustainability is not yourself. It must be in the context of a proper community. And in some ways the church had emerged originally to serve that purpose. Do all churches continue to serve that purpose? I'm not sure. So I think other forms are going to begin to emerge. And what do I mean by that? means once you've been set right, your mind has been set right, and you see the truth, your eyes have been opened, there's all this nuance about how you play it out in real life. How do you not succumb to temptations? How do you not get distracted? How do you not fall away to false teaching? And there's only so much you can do as a solo player in this game. And I don't think we were meant to do that. I think that moment of transformation is likely, at the moment it happens, a solitary one. You can have friends that come alongside you, that nurture it, that feed you. There's going to be solitary study. But ultimately, it's going to be a solitary moment when you make that decision. There is a decision that gets made. But the activities around that need also to be very strongly curated to ensure that journey goes forward and that strengthens it. I mentioned that you may not get that in a typical church. It's very possible. Some people I've met who attain senior levels, who are elders, and the, the, you talk with them and it's like, well, they, they, they could just have been somebody who's just started church. It's like 10 years of saying that you can do 10 years of one years of experience. There's, there's 10 years staying at a journeyman's level. And many churches often somewhat cater to that. And, you know, the need for, you know, broad funnels, uh, not, not losing retention, I think appealing to comfort, um, it makes it very, very difficult. And I've seen this happen. So they lower the bar. So you have a lower bar who's coming in an elder. And then that propagates a lower bar moving forward. It, it just it just doesn't become a healthy cycle. And so I've I've reached a point where many churches just they just can't um, do this. Now, obviously, there's exceptions, but when I s pull back on it and I talk about this more in some other sections on leadership and how to actually build a strong eldership body, the nature of uh, the modern society is often at play with that, and so. An alternative dynamic is emerging, and these are these um, curated, um, 
paid for communities. And you're like, well, why is it paid for? And I, I can get into that much more about why, unfortunately, that's how things evolve because the free version has gotten to be so watered down. And I think sometimes that's okay. We forget that there is a cost to discipleship. And most of the time that cost to discipleship is seen as you lose your life. Um, um, you're just doing a lot of sacrifice, but we forget, you know, there's other ways that that cost manifests. And in a society like ours, that's including, going to include probably more money and money as well as time. And so I think that that's kind of where things are evolving in many cases. And, and maybe that's the way it needs to. Because I think continuing to, A, your options are you work solo. And I think a lot of good work can be done solo. A lot of my instruction, a lot of my teaching, this free podcast, the paid content, a lot of that is solo work just to get the framing so that you experience transformation. Those transformation, those are insights, those are uh, disciplines, spiritual disciplines, those are understandings of the world, those are new forms of spiritual wisdom that counteract the worldly wisdom. All that content still needs to be taken in and practiced. But it never really comes to life unless you're around other people who also are pursuing the same things and working off of the same playbook, so to speak. It, it just, I, I can't see how it could possibly happen. There must be some reason why this core discipleship was important to Jesus's ministry. Because if it were just scripture alone, if it were just the spirit alone, that could have been it. That, that, that would have been the mechanism. And then people would come of faith as the, move, as the spirit moves. And, and John writes about how the spirit is going to move where it wants to move. But with the absence of people in a discipling relationship in which there's a cost, I'm not really sure how that's truly possible. And sure, there's free small groups, community groups that can fulfill that. I think they can to some degree. There is some nurturing that happens. I mean, they're not, in, they're not, not valuable. But I, I really do believe that sometimes there's a higher level of cost, challenge, commitment that comes with a set of people who really are willing to come together and work through a very tough agenda of not learning, but like applying it in real life. I think small groups are actually really great for getting familiar with the scriptures, to read it, to ask the questions, go through a book together. All that is great. But I think there's some other level of challenge, repeatability, long-term engagement that really comes that sort of can be missing without some of these. And, and, and I can go in more why um, that is often the case. But I wanted to just first frame this in this is in your life, are you getting those two pieces? One, solitary, self-instructive, spirit-guided, transformational content that's meant to cut through the noise and help you see the world in a new new way. And to me, one of those foundations, which is why I set up the series of freeing your mind, it's very hard to want to go beyond that if your mind itself is not free. If you are conforming to the ways of the world in all things, then you are already starting at zero. 
And so the motive to say, I've got to free my mind, I've got to get clear from the things that are holding me back is the first part. And as you continue to listen to this and dive into some of this content that helps you to structure it all on your own, all on yourself, all self-guided, to be asking yourselves, well, what would happen if I were surrounded by four or five, six other people who had the same level of commitment, have gone through the same material, struggled perhaps to implement it or understand it, apply it, who have new teachings around it, what would that do? And think in years, if not decades, of your life. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I sought this and could not find it. And that's why I'm aware there's some gap that's available out there where this is not readily available or accessible. And I, I don't understand why there's a gap. And it could be, one, it's being provided. and I just couldn't find it. It wasn't discoverable. I didn't know the right people. Maybe there's a secret handshake. I, I'm not actually sure. So th there could be that. And that's not a great feeling. And so part of what I want to do is try to find ways to make this as discoverable as possible um, in ways that you know I can find a way to do that. I'm not sure how. I'm really exploring that. But the second is maybe it didn't exist. The lift was too hard. The motivation wasn't there. Um, the third was which I also thought about, there weren't enough people who wanted to do this. And that would be the hardest of all. And so I feel I'm trying to address all three of those at the same time, kind of feeling my way through this. And educating a market is one of the hardest things to do. But I think that is also part of the Christian life, which is you know, to awaken people, to really have eyes that can see ears I can hear. And that's not just converting the unbelievers to believers. Now, I also happen to think that um, there are many who are unbelievers who've spoken in this way and presented in this context. And they got their um, derivation of maybe initially their worldly desires through something that was gospel-centered. That that might be actually a better entry point than going through a church, traditional church like that wouldn't surprise me if we could speak in talking about the things that affect people every day and connect that to the things that are missing in them spiritually. To me, that, that might actually be very real and that might be a more fulfilling opportunity. So let me know what you think. As always, your voice-based comments are always welcome. Go into the show notes apply it, plug it in there. Um, make sure you get other um, notifications of the next time we're having this and uh, let me know so that you can get notified of the next um, podcast through email and check it out in the show notes. So thanks again for, again for, watch, for listening. Bye now.